Good morning. I want to greet you in Christ's name. It's good to be here. It certainly is a, a beautiful morning weather-wise. I really am glad to see spring. I don't know how many of you are, but it seems like we're, we're ready. Uh, and it's encouraging physically to, to experience spring weather. The title of the message this morning is, Does God Have Your Ear? How does God, do you have a connection to God? Is God able to speak into your life? And the text is taken from John chapter 10, verses 1 through 16, is the account of Jesus speaking of the Good Shepherd. I appreciate your prayer for the message. I, I really need prayer. <clears throat> Erwin McManus is a pastor in Los Angeles. He tells the story of his son Aaron. I think it was probably some time ago. Aaron, when he was a little boy, five or six years old, he kept asking his, da his dad, what does God's voice sound like? What does God sound like? And uh, Erwin says he didn't know how to answer him, what God actually sounds like. A few years later, Aaron was growing up in his maybe early teens or so. He went up to a, a camp for uh, middle school boys. And uh, Erwin and another pastor left and went up to visit the camp during, during the camp and uh, wanted to see their boys. And here Aaron had gotten into trouble at the camp. And, uh, had to, uh, a couple other boys kind of kept him back from beating up on another child, and, and uh, he, was in, he was disgusted with the camp, and uh, when, when Irwin showed up, his dad showed up at the camp, he grabbed his stuff and threw it in the trunk of the car. He said, I'm going home with you. I'm not staying here at this camp. And uh, so his dad took him out. He said, let's go talk. And so they went back in the woods and sat on a couple of large rocks. And uh, a dad asked Aaron, he said, is there any voice inside of you talking to you right now? Is there something telling you, giving you a message? Telling you that you, what you should do? And, and Aaron said, yes, yes, there's somebody talking to me. What's that voice telling you? He says, uh, that, I should, that I should stay. That's what the voice is telling me. I should stay here and work this thing out. And uh, the dad says, uh, can you identify that voice? Do you know whose voice that is? He said, yeah, it's God. He's God's talking to me and telling me I should stay. Aaron, this is Irwin's testimony, I said, do you realize what just happened? You heard God's voice. He spoke to you from within your soul. Forget everything else that's happened. God spoke to you and you were able to recognize him says, I will never forget Aaron's response. Well, I'm not, still not doing what God said. I explained to him that that was his choice, but this is what would happen. If he rejected the voice of God coming from deep within and chose to disobey his guidance, his heart would become hardened and his ears would become dull. If he continued on this path, there would be a day when he would never again hear the voice of God. There would come a day when he would deny that God even speaks or has ever spoken to him. 
But if he treasures God's voice, however it came to him through the scriptures, through his conscience, and responds to him with obedience that his heart would be softened and his ears would always be able to hear the whisper of God into his soul. Aaron chose to stay at the camp. God's voice. Does God have your ear? We hear so many voices every day. Voices of family. Voices of friends and co-workers. Voices of people that we don't know or recognize. There's all kinds of human voices. There's high-pitched and, and low. There's rich or tinny voices. There are voices that are strong with emotion and others that are very emotionless. I'm going to speak today about the voice of God. I want you to listen to the voice of God. Does God have your ear? God needs to have your ear. It's a form of speech that we use. God is a spirit and doesn't have a, a voice like we are envisioning Him to do necessarily. But when I speak about God's voice, we're talking about His communication with us. His way of talking into our lives, speaking into our lives. We ascribe to God human features. That's called anthrop anthropomorphism. Anthropomorphism, if I can say that right. We're ascribing human features to God and attributes. His voice is His communication to us. In so many ways, the voice of God is not being heard even in churches today. And I, I read a quote from a magazine some years ago that says, we are asked to turn to the church for our enlightenment, but when we do so, we find that the voice of the church is not inspired. The voice of the church today, we find, is the echo of our own voices. When we consult the church, we hear only what we ourselves have said. There is only one way out of the spiral, and the way out is the sound of a voice, not our own voice, but a voice coming from something beyond ourselves, in the existence of which we cannot disbelieve. It is the duty of the pastors to hear this voice, to cause us to hear it and to tell us what it says. God wants to speak into our lives. He wants to have input. And my challenge to us all today is, are we allowing God to have input into our lives, to speak into our lives? There's so many voices out there. How can I differentiate and know what is the voice of God? And when I learn to recognize the voice of God, can I, learn, I can learn His will for my life. I was uh, amazed to hear a scripture read this morning in our uh, opening to our Sunday school uh, from Deuteronomy, which is a quote that Jesus used in Matthew 4. Jesus was led up into the Spirit in the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's the scripture that Galen read this morning from Deuteronomy. Jesus told Satan that we are to live by the words that come from the mouth of God. God. 
we are to live our lives by the words that come from the mouth of God. That is then that we are to live with God's input into our lives every day. God needs to have a way of inputting into our lives to speak to us. God spoke to the, in the past. He wants to continue to communicate His will to us. We need to recognize that voice. We need to become very familiar with it. And so that when He speaks, we are responsive. And we learn to treasure His voice. One of the things that gets in the way of that is, is, is our own talking. We talk too much. Um, I read a kind of an interesting story about a pianist. His name was Arthur Rubinstein. He was a, very, a big talker. And he uh, told this story about himself. He was <clears throat> assailed with a, a severe case of hoarseness. He couldn't talk. And he went to... Uh, He'd been reading and noticing in the news a lot about cancer in, in throats and so on, and he started getting really concerned, and he went to see his doctor about this, and a throat specialist, and he went in for an examination, and he had a quite extensive examination, and, and, and this Rubenstein was very concerned, and, and the doctor didn't say anything after his first examination. He just looked at him and told him to come back the next day. And uh, Rubenstein came in the next day, he says, tell me, tell me what's wrong with me. I can take it. I've lived a long, good, useful life. Tell me what's wrong with me. The specialist looked at him, he said, you talk too much. Your throat is hoarse because you talk too much. We need to be quiet in order to hear God's word. And God wants to talk to you this morning. I am just a... a small channel that I think God wants to use to, to speak his, his mind to you. And uh, if you will listen, if you will be quiet, you will hear God speaking. Maybe through the sermon, maybe in spite of the sermon, I don't know, but God will speak to you if you open your, your mind and your heart to him, to the good shepherd. I'd like to read our text, uh, John 10. Verses 1 to 16. If you have that open, you could stand together and we'll read, we'll read from John chapter 10. It's the, the, that passage about the Good Shepherd. And I'm reading from the, the NIV. I tell you the truth the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. As we read this, listen for the terms voice and, and, and speaking. The man who enters by the gate, verse 2, is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. 
I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep follow me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. You may be seated. Does God have your ear, the voice of the shepherd? First, I want to look just briefly at the voices that we hear. What are the voices that we are hearing? Fred Marks, a pastor, shares the following illustration. He says, a few years ago, my family climbed aboard a rubber raft for a ride down the rapids of the Rio Grande River. We had never been on such an adventure, but all of us were experienced swimmers and the river seemed to be fairly shallow. It seemed to be a harmless proposition. Our guide was a young woman from California, suntanned and lean and a good communicator. She told us how to maneuver the raft and spent several minutes teaching us to work together as a unit paddling and rowing and listening for her voice. So these, this family was going down down the Rio Grande on, on a tube. In time, she pushed away from the quiet area where we'd practiced, and we raced over the first series of rapids. Rapids and I have a bad relationship. We've gone over canoeing a few times, and, and we end up wet. Anyway, this group were going down the Rio Grande, and, and uh, they didn't, it didn't go so well. The first period of rapids, they, uh, they made it through because they weren't, all that, they weren't all that bad. But the guide pulled them over when they got to the quiet place and said, y'all, you're not, <laughs> unless you can listen to me better, we're not going any further. She said, people get killed out here. People die out here. You could die out here. When we get down to the big rapids, you could die. I could die. You got you all going to have to listen up. She said, I'm going I'm to yell instructions to you, and if you're not listening, we could die. You know, and she got their attention. And she said, now look, we, we're going to go, and we're, you're going to have to listen. You're going to have to listen. And uh, this pastor goes on to tell the story that they, they did get their act together. And they listened, and they reacted quickly to the instructions of this, this guide. And, and they made it on down through without a big trouble. We also will face rapids in our life experience. And if we're listening, if we're listening, we can get our act together and we can come through well. Hebrews says we, we must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we will not drift away. For if the message spoken by angels was binding and every... Violation and disobedience was received as just punishment. How shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? The voices that we hear are the voice of man, 
can be another human being, your wife or your husband, your boss, your son or daughter. Sometimes those voices are welcome, sometimes they're not. We can rejoice to hear the voice or it can mean trouble to us. Many times these voices give us good advice and we're wise to listen up. Sometimes we are in the situation of Peter and John in Acts where they said we have to listen to God rather than men. The other voice that's out there is the voice of Satan. Satan wants to speak into our lives as well. He and his minions. And that's always bad news, of course. It's, it's not a good thing to listen to, to Satan's input. He first spoke to Eve in the garden. His voice, I'm sure, was silky smooth and pleasant. Uh, but it's always a voice full of lies. It's always lies. Satan is the master of lies. His intent is to deceive. John 8, verse 43 says, Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. His intent is to lead us into sin and defeat. The third voice is the voice of self. I don't know if you talk to yourself at all. Some people would probably say that I, I'm, I'm messed up a little bit because I do talk to myself. Uh, sometimes it's, it's not all that complimentary. Um, they say you shouldn't do that, berate yourself all the time, but I do sometimes. Uh, but the voice of self is only limited in value. Um, you can, it's not in man to direct his steps, the Bible says. A fourth voice is the world system. This is very important to understand that the world system wants to input into our lives. Um, and the voices are all around us. John, 1 John 4 says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak they from the viewpoint of the world. And the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. We're constantly bombard being bombarded with the voices of the world system. And the voices of the world are packaged to, to uh, be appealing to us. Uh, the voices of the world system is, is packaged to cater to our natural desires, the desires of our flesh. And I have more, more and more come to realize that the world's message is, 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 um, can be summarized in the fact that the world system is telling us to shut out God. That is the central passage of the, the, the message that the world is inputting to us all the time. You don't need God. God is irrelevant. We don't need God. We're going to take care of ourselves. We're going to do things for ourselves. You don't need God. The whole, I'm doing this study on apologetics right now, and this, this whole 
This whole thing of somehow trying to, to shut out God is a worldly endeavor. And uh, the child of God is to be in the world, but not of the world, not listening, not listening to those siren songs. The siren songs of the world will end us, will, will take us up on the rocks, really will. The end is going to be not good if we listen to the world. And then there is the voice of God. The voice of God wants to input into our lives as we looked at the, the voice of the shepherd. It's not necessarily a loud voice. The voice of God is not always strident. Sometimes he's merciful to us and he will speak louder. Sometimes he needs to take a two by four and hit us over the head. And we say, well, that's terrible, God. You shouldn't do that. But he has to speak loudly sometimes. But it's not necessarily loud. He doesn't necessarily get in our face. But as followers of God, his sheep, we, are, we have learned to recognize the voice of God, our shepherd. We have learned to differentiate his voice from the voice of strangers. A.W. Tozer says, The voice of God is a friendly voice. No one need fear to listen to it unless he has already made up his mind to resist it. I trust that you're not there, that you've made up your mind to resist God's voice. You don't need to fear it if you're open to God's voice. What are some of the things we need to do to hear God's voice? The prerequisites for hearing His voice. I'm going to need to go through this fairly quickly. Prerequisites. What do we need to be able to hear God's voice? How can I hear the most important communication to me? What does it take? And, and number one, it takes salvation. And you say, well, that's funny. I need to be saved in order to hear God's voice. Well, yes, we learn to recognize God's voice because we are some of his sheep. God does speak to the unsaved as well, but it's just a call to come, a call to repent, a call to turn to him. The fine tuning, the speaking that God does into our lives is, is able to happen because we are saved. John 8 verse 47 says, He who belongs to God... Here's what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. It's very clear that those people that he was talking to didn't belong to God. They weren't saved. And so, so they weren't able to hear. And I think I heard Ryan say that he lives on a, on a sheep farm. I, he could probably tell you more about this. But I read the story about this American tourist going over to Syria Probably wouldn't want to go there now, but he was in Syria and he was uh, watching these old shepherds, these Bedouins, bring the sheep down to, to a watering hole and they, they would be multiple shepherds bringing their little flocks of scraggly looking sheep down together into this watering place. And they were all drinking and, and being <clears throat> rejuvenated there. And then when they were ready to leave, each shepherd would, would give out his little call. And it sounded something like this, if I can read it correctly. Mena, which means, let's go. No, it means, uh, follow me. Follow me. So the, the, the shepherd would say in Arabic, Mena, Mena. And then he'd walk away. And as he walked away, all his sheep would disengage themselves 
from their buddies and they would all follow him out through and, and, and go out and, and follow him from there on out. Amazing. My sheep hear my voice. And you know, we associate with people all the time. We're out there and we're associating. But when the voice of God calls, if we recognize it, if we're sensitive, and the voice of God calls, we up and follow the shepherd. And this tourist decided he wanted to try a little experiment. He, he asked the shepherd to, uh, to give him his, uh, his, his gear and let him try his luck. And he, so he gets up there and he says, Mena, Mena. Not a response. Not a, nothing. Nothing from any of the sheep. They ignored him totally. That is our being saved helps us to hear God's voice. If you're not hearing God's voice at all in your life, it's a danger thing. It's a very big danger thing. If you're not hearing God speaking to you, don't, don't say, well, I'm good. He must not have anything to say to me. If God's not speaking into your life, that's a danger sign. Maybe you're not a sheep. Maybe you're not His sheep. The man without the Spirit, 1 Corinthians says, does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. You know, even a little child soon learns to recognize voices. And as a new Christian, we learn to recognize the voice of our Savior. We need to be one of his sheep. The second thing that's required for hearing God's voice is receptivity. In order to hear his voice, we need to want to hear it. John 10, verse 4, our text this morning says, When he brought when he has brought out his all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Revelation 3, verse 20, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. So Jesus is knocking and wants to, to speak to us. We hear his voice, we recognize it, and we are receptive to it. We open the door and let him in. We need to be receptive to God's speaking into our lives. If we keep putting him off like that little boy Aaron the illustration I gave at the start of the, the message there, if we continue to uh, ignore God's voice and, and uh, don't let Him speak into a, our, our lives, eventually His voice becomes uh, faint and not, not intelligible. And that's very, very serious. A passage from Hebrews 3 verse 7 and following says, says the Holy Spirit says, Today if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert where your fathers tested me and tried me and for 40 years saw what I did. That's why I was angry with that generation. I said, their hearts are always going astray for they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. 
But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first, as has just been said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Receptivity means listening with the intent to obey. Where are you? Where am I? Am I listening with the intent to obey? Or when God speaks to me, am I, am I cringing? Am I gritting my teeth? When God speaks to me through my conscience or through his word or through someone else, am I, am I re- receptive to his voice? I, I encourage you to think about that today. Am I receptive to God's voice? Because he does speak to us out of his mercy. And out of his love for us, he speaks to us. The third thing that's required is discernment. We need to know and learn to recognize God's voice. And that comes through, through experience, I think. Uh, largely, we learn to discern the voice of God. And learn, and learn where that voice is coming from, whether it's God speaking to us or our own desires maybe or some other voice that wants input into our lives. I was going to read a passage out of 1 Kings 19. I won't for the sake of time today, but you know, we know the story probably of Elijah up in, on the mountain. And Elijah had just done a 40-day trek to Mount Horeb, the Mount of God. And he was there in a cave and God wanted to talk to him. And he came as a, uh, there was first a, a large wind that came through and an earthquake and things, and, and God wasn't in that, but he was in the still small voice that spoke. And then Elijah, being experienced, knew that it was God speaking, and he went, put his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave to hear God's voice. We learn um, what's God's voice. The fourth thing is uh, faith. If we want to hear God's voice, we need, to, we need to exercise our faith in God. God wants to speak to our heart. I, didn't know, I read an illustration of, of what that was like in... in uh, over in England, and in the upper, more upper crust of society there, they had these little drawing room functions where the upper crust would gather together and, and listen to recitals and so on. And, and this one leading actor was, was, giving, was there at this one recital, and the audience asked him, well, they wanted to hear him recite because of his, he was a good speaker and all that. And he, so he said, well, well, what would you like me to do? And this old clergyman was sitting there. He said, I'd like to hear the 23rd Psalm. I'd like to hear you recite the 23rd Psalm. And he got his funny look on his face. And he said, I'll do it. He said, I will. I know it. I, I can recite it for you. But I, I, I want you, and he looked at the old clergyman, after I'm done, to also give us the 23rd Psalm. And so that's the way it happened. And, and the, you know, the, uh, the actor was very, very good at what he did. And he, 
His tone and intonation was perfect and he held his audience spellbound, the account goes. And when he sat down, there was a loud applause. Everybody was, was so appreciative of the way he recited the 23rd Psalm. And then the old clergyman got up and began the psalm. His voice was not as polished. He was not remarkable. He had maybe some mistakes in there. When he finished, there was no applause. But when they looked around the room, there wasn't a dry eye in that room. And the actor gets up and he says, there's one big difference between the way I gave you the 23rd Psalm and the way this preacher did. I knew the 23rd Psalm, but he knew the shepherd. He knows the shepherd. We know the shepherd, and by faith we believe that he speaks to us, and he speaks to our heart. By faith we listen. We receive it as from God. Hebrews 4 verse 2 says, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God you, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men but as it actually is, the word of God which is at work in you who believe. Finally, we need to be attentive in order to have God speak to us. We need to be quiet and we made reference to that earlier. We need to be quiet before God. And I find that probably one of the more difficult things in my own experience to do. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but we, many of us are results-oriented people, and we want to get on and get something, go out there and get something done. We want to do things. We have things, places to go, things to do, lots of on our plate. And we don't take the time to get quiet before God. And just listen to God. See what He's got to say. And I, I want to try to do that more. I, I think that God can speak, but we're, we're too noisy. Ourselves, we're too noisy. And we're too impatient. And we won't listen. We won't listen quietly. For some of us, it's going to be in the early morning when we have our devotional time that we have God speak to us. Some, some of you, it's going to be other times during the day. But there needs to be a time when we're quiet before God and allow Him to speak to us. Purposes for hearing His voice, one is communion. God wants to have communion with us. A watchman opens the gate for Him and the sheep listen to His voice. He calls His own sheep by name and leads them out. That's amazing that God wants communion with us, but He does. He wants to communicate with us. And originally in the Garden of Eden, He did that, and then that was broken by sin. He wants to have communion with us. What does He want to do? He wants to communicate to us His character. First of all, His presence. 
He wants to let us know that He's there. God wants to communicate to us His presence. We forget that God is there and God needs to communicate that to us. He brought them out, His sheep, all His own. He goes on ahead of them and His sheep follow Him because they know His voice and they were enjoying His presence. Secondly, His holiness. He wants to communicate His holiness to us. He's the good shepherd. He's the loving shepherd, but He is a holy shepherd. He cannot abide sin. He wants to communicate to us His love. That's, that's a big part of His communication to us, His love. He wants to tell us that He loves us. Throughout the day, He wants to say, I love you. just want to let you know I, I love you. And He does that so, through so many ways. He speaks His love into our lives. But I read an illustration that really brought this home to me. Is this little preemie was born in the hospital. And uh, this, the, the, the person relating the story is, is the grandfather. And their daughter had a... Uh, their grand, their daughter had a little, a little child. He was their little granddaughter, and uh, it was a tough situation. Uh, their, the 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 father had split, wasn't around, and it was just a mother there. And now the grandfather was in there, and uh, obviously had a very very perceptive, wise uh, nurse there in the. Uh, in the intensive care unit there where this little baby was. It had IVs all up in it and, a, you know, very, very uh, uh, tentative condition. And uh, the nurse told the grandfather, she said, you're going to have to be the surrogate father for the first little while. I want you to uh, come in and I want you to rub her body and her legs and arms with the tip of your finger. While you're caressing her, you should tell her over and over how much you love her because she has to be able to connect your voice to your touch. And that's God uh, trying to speak into our lives. I love you. He wants to do that. He wants to communicate His will to us. Tell us... Uh, his will, and I think we need to constantly be seeking that and welcoming that when He does show His will. He wants to show His faithfulness to us. He wants to let us know that He's there. No one, and later on you can see in John 10, He says, No, my Father has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. He's wanting to say that as far as on God's part, uh, I'm never going to let you down. He's not uh, someone to, to, to drop us. And we can, I believe, walk away on our own, but we, he, will never, he will never drop us. Purposes for hearing are His communion, His communication to us, and then, of course, our obedience. We need to be obedient to His, his voice. Don't only hear His voice, 
but to be obedient to it. Do not merely listen to the Word, James says, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. A man who looks intently into the perfect law of liberty and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. To wrap this thing up, I want to look at the provisions for hearing. So many ways that God spoke over the years through angels and visions and dreams and gentle whispers and miraculous signs and burning bushes and donkeys through a cloud and a pillar of fire. But today, mostly He doesn't do that. How does He speak to you? How is He going to speak to you this coming week? He's going to speak to you through the Holy Spirit. And your spirit is going to use your conscience many times to say, go here, don't go there. You shouldn't do that, Sam. Don't do that. Do that. He's going to talk to you. Each one of you that are His sheep, He's going to talk to you through the Holy Spirit. He does that. And we need to listen and respond to it. Be sensitive to it. He's going to talk to you through the Scripture. As you have your devotional time, um, He's going to talk to you if you're wanting to listen. If you're taking the time to, to read and study the Word, He is going to talk to you through that Word. That's one of His primary ways that He speaks to us. Number three, He's going to talk to you through other believers. Other believers will be the voice of God to you. His body, His church, God speaking to them and through them to us. And He's going to talk to you through life experiences. You're going to have experiences in which God is trying to talk to you. And are you going to hear it? My challenge is to, for all of us to open ourselves to God's voice in our life experiences. What is God saying? Sometimes we can't figure it out. Sometimes we can. But I think we need to be open to, to, uh, to listen to, to life's experiences. Does God have your ear? God is still speaking and He wants to have your ear. Will you listen? Will you follow after like sheep follow their shepherd? Following the Good Shepherd is the only way to go. Listen to His voice. There are so many dangerous places out there and we're going to really mess up unless we keep following the Shepherd and listening to His voice. A poem to close with from John Fisher, he says, So let the noise subside and listen deep inside. He will speak. He will speak. But it won't be an earthquake and it won't be fire or the whirling wind taking you higher. It will be a still small voice. And you'll have no choice but to hear. But to hear. God bless you.